Well then, um, this is a type of emergency podcast, really. Um, emergency slam podcast, because today we've had the American Ryder Cup captain's pick revealed by Zach Johnson. It was 3pm UK time, 10am um, Eastern time. So we all waited rounds, um, avoided doing any work today in the morning as we waited rounds for all the work to do this afternoon. And Zach Johnson um, basically confirmed what, what, what the Guardian had reported last night, um, but confirmed his six picks for the uh, US Ryder Cup team, which were Justin Thomas, who was um, under speculation of missing out on a third Ryder Cup appearance, but Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, um, Ricky Fowler, Brooks Kepka, who is the only live golfer on the US team and probably going to be the only live golfer in the whole thing, um, Jordan Spieth and Sam Burns. So those are the six picks that Zach Johnson went with today. Um, and to be fair, initially when it was rumoured what the picks were going to be, my initial thoughts were, um, not of surprise, because although I don't think Justin Thomas deserves to be on the team um, through merit, I do obviously understand why he was chosen. Um, Zach Johnson said earlier, um, that it was an easy pick for him. He said, you can't leave Justin Thomas out, which I do understand. He is a cheerleader for America. Um, he's a cheerleader for for the fans that will go over to Italy. He'll rile them up. Um, he's got a fantastic record across the, Pre- the President's Cup and the Ryder Cup um, in, in, in the match play format. Um, and I'll begin with talking about Justin Thomas first because he is the one that everyone was looking for. He's the one that people were thinking, the big name that people were thinking might not have made the team. Um, but it sounded like a bit of a foregone conclusion, um, the way Zach Johnson spoke earlier. Um, Matt, what did you make of... Um, well, yeah, what did you make of that particular inclusion? Because you would have included... You chose him a few weeks ago in your picks, didn't you, as well? Yeah, I did. Um, but I, again, and I, I said, sort of as you just uh, you know alluded to with his record there in, in match play, you know, I think he's 16-5-3. and three across his 24 matches in both the Ryder Cup and President's Cup. And, I mean, in, when it comes to match play, he's a completely different player. Completely different player. Um, but his form recently has maybe not warranted, you know, a selection. We talk about Cameron Young and, and Lucas Glover, Keegan Bradley, all names that didn't make it in. Bryson as well, of course. But I, I, I just had a feeling from the start and from what Zach Johnson had been saying, that JT was always going to go. Um, you knew Spieth was going to get picked. So to have JT alongside him like they were in Paris, like they were in Whistling Straits, and like they were last last year at the President's Cup when they went 4-0, and um, they won all four matches in that against the international team. Um, you just kind of knew JT was going to be there. It was just a case of who would drop out for him. And obviously Mr. FedEx Cup playoffs, um, taking some time off, you know, had a couple of weeks, he said in the, in the conference, he had a couple of weeks where he left the clubs in the garage, didn't even bother swinging, swinging the club, didn't bother the practicing, just wanted to get away. Um, and I, I think JT will come into this Ryder Cup with a lot of pressure on him, but I feel that he will succeed in some way for Team USA. Mm. Um, and it could be a very, very clever pick from Zach Johnson. 
Because if, if he wasn't chosen, my, my sort of view on it as well, because if he wasn't chosen, you could easily just put Ricky Fowler with Jordan Spieth. They're clearly good friends. Um, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler and other players often play practice rounds together at majors um, and they're good friends. So I didn't see it as much of an issue if Justin Thomas wasn't there because um, in terms of putting Spieth with someone, you could just put Ricky Fowler with him. Um, however, I do, I, I, I've come around to it. I, I still, if we're talking about pure merit and pure form, he obviously shouldn't, if it was only decided on that, he obviously shouldn't be part of the team. I don't think that's just, that's disputable. Um, but obviously it comes down to more than that. He missed out on the FedEx Cup playoffs for, I believe, the first time since 2014. Um, not, and that, and that means he wasn't in the top 70 best players, um, of this season if we're taking the FedEx Cup rankings in that context. And to not have the best 70, not, to not be in the best 70 players, um, and still make the Ryder Cup team is quite is quite incredible, in, especially on the American side because of their strength in depth. Um, but you do have to think about the partnership with Jordan Spieth. They've won four out of six. Uh, they've won four points in six matches, I think, together. Um, Jordan Spieth is a bit more experienced in the Ryder Cup sphere than Justin Thomas is. Um, Justin Thomas is only going to play in his third one, which seems like a seems a low number, really, considering um, he's a two time major champion. Um, and he will slot into that dynamic, won't he? He's a, he's a big cheerleader, as I, as I said, um, and he will slot into that team dynamic. Um, and I I think I alluded to it in my sort of analysis piece this afternoon. I think it's important for Zach Johnson and for for America to keep some of those players to keep or keep as many as possible of those players that played in twenty twenty one to keep that mindset to keep that. A mentality of you know really destroying Europe and to keep the, as many players as possible from that team fresh into 2023 because because they don't win off they don't win the Ryder Cup very often in America today like if the last few years are anything to go by so to keep those sort of destructive memories of, of beating Europe in your mind into the next Ryder Cup I thought that I think that's quite important to be fair as well I mean I'm sort of contradicting what what, what I've said previously. Um, about Justin Thomas, I, th- I think I'm just coming round to the selection as opposed to maybe agreeing with it, you know, in a, in a way. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned they want to keep it going. Obviously, it was a record win a couple of years ago, 199, I think it was. Mm. Um, but there's there's quite a few players who played there who who won't be there, um, mm. you know, this time round. Tony Finau, of course, played. Bryson, of course, played. Um, DJ. You know, so- DJ, of course, Patrick Reed, I think, may have been there as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some big names that obviously won't be there. But then you look at the 12 players that are in that that team, and you just you look at it and still think that is a very, very strong lineup. Mm. And then you look at the players who aren't going, like Patrick Reed, Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, Cameron Young. Um, obviously, Will Zalatoris was was in great form before the injuries that he's yeah. had over the course of this year. Um, you know, they could arguably field two teams and arguably still Certainly. put up a fight against Certainly. Team Europe at the moment. I mean, yeah, well, well God, if Ruz Alatoris had been fit, he'd have been, you know, probably in the top six, the way he plays so consistently in the PJ Tour. But um, one thing I would say about Justin Thomas's inclusion, um, now as we're still on the subject, is I think it was Nick Fowler that once said um, that you can't, if you're looking for form, maybe the Ryder Cup isn't the best place to find form. And especially at a golf course 
which has been commented on, criticised for, having long rough that's only a few yards from the fairway, having difficult and challenging um, terrains around the golf course. Maybe this might not be the golf course that Justin Thomas finds form on. And you, you do think if he doesn't pick up any points, um, then I'm sure Zach Johnson will come in for a lot of criticism, such as every losing or, well, every Ryder Cup captain does. They're always criticised and praised from different angles. But that will be a point of criticism if Justin Thomas can't find any form because he has only made three top tens this year. He's missed a load of cuts. He deliberately played in the 3M Open to find form and missed the cup. He narrowly missed out on the playoffs by coming tied 11th, I think, at the Wyndham Championship. But as you as you wrote earlier, he's shot 80s in he shot 80 pluses in major championships. Um, and I don't want to just go go in on him. He's a victim of his own success in that way, isn't he? Because I don't want to go in on him for playing so badly this year because he is a victim of his own success. He's a former world number one, obviously a two-time major champion. And in terms of pedigree, there is no other better pick, is there? But it will be interesting to see how many matches he plays. And just, I mean, if he can find the form, it's absolutely incredible. And it just goes to show that the Ryder Cup is a completely different animal, isn't it? If, if, such a, if a player in such bad form can still find form. Yeah, and I mean, what Nick Faldo obviously said, Sir Nick Faldo, I should say, said it is a very good, it's a very good point. You know, he's been in dire form all, all season. You know, I think one one made cut of the majors, two rounds in the 80s, as I alluded to um, earlier in the piece I wrote about the picks. But yeah, it, it, the thing is, like, it's a completely different being, a completely different, entity the Ryder Cup you know different format you know different challenges different atmosphere um, and it's something that JT has performed in really well I mentioned that 16-5-3 and record he's got including the President's Cup of course um, I think he's got 6.5 points from his nine matches in two Ryder Cups so it means he's only missed one session of Ryder Cup play mm. in, in in that time that's that's incredible in itself um, of course, Dustin Johnson went, you know, five and zero in in Whistling Straits to to sort of shine a light on how good the American team was two years ago. But for someone like JT, this could be, you know, you could look at it two ways. This could be an absolute catastrophic mistake from Zach Johnson. You know, he's got players much more informed than he could have picked. Hmm. But this could also be an absolute masterstroke, and JT pops up with three points in Rome. Team USA win in Europe for the first time in 30 years. And this will be one of the best decisions that Johnson's made in his life. Certainly. Um, I did, I've, I just picked up on a piece um, which I found quite funny. It, 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 I, I mean, unless I've completely misunderstood it, it's, it, it's, it's a tongue in cheek piece from um, Ryan French, um, the, 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 the man who runs the Monday Q Info Twitter account. And is also about, has the website as well. Um, he's about Corey a, Connors. Yeah, it is very funny, isn't it? Have you seen it? Um, I saw the tweet about it. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's called Frozen Out, and it's about a Floridian that can't break into the old boys' club. Now, obviously, Corey Connors is Canadian. He plays in the Presidents' Cup team for the international sides, um, and obviously doesn't qualify for the Ryder Cup. But it's just it's a tongue-in-cheek piece, and alludes to the fact that a lot of the American team live virtually on the same street corner. There might be an exaggeration, but live in the same area of Florida. Um, so there is a bit of a boys club going on, or an old boys club, as, as Ryan um, talks about. But I, I'd encourage anyone to go and read about it. I won't sort of tell you what's 
tell you what's in it. Um, go and read about it for yourself. But it's just this illusion that maybe there's a bit of a there's a bit of a jobs for the boys thing going on with the American team. W- would you say yeah. there's anything in that? Well, I mean, Ricky Fowler actually alluded to it in the in the in the Zoom conference that um, we both just attended, as as and I'm sure people would have seen on on broadcasts um, around the world. Um, he alluded to it that you know a lot of you know players in that team do live quite close to each other in in Florida. Obviously, the likes of himself, I think Max Homer lives down there. JT Jordan Spieth, I think they're all in that sort of area. You mentioned that the boys, you know, it's when they play, well, North, I believe. yeah, when they play North Berwick and places like that, it's always that same group of, mm. of players, isn't it? You know, in in between the Open and the Scottish Open and so on. Um, but then you think, you know. You say the boys' club, but then you think Brooks Kepka is he really in that club now, having gone to live? I know, obviously, we've seen him. He's still pally with with the likes of Rory and yeah, so on, and JT. I think to be fair, exactly. Um, but I still, I don't know why. Whether it's whether it's um, sort of like a, a traditional thing, but you always feel that the European team are more of a team than the Americans. I don't know whether that's from, you know, obviously Tiger because he played really, he, you know, he wasn't at his best in the Ryder Cup. Yeah. Phil Mickelson was never at his best in the Ryder Cup, and you know, and so on. Whether it's, you just have that feeling of the Americans are a bit more individualistic than the Europeans who will definitely need to be a team in Rome, you know, coming in with a weaker side on paper. And obviously we only know four of those 12 players so yeah. far. But you look at this American team and if they do work together this at the end of next month, I should say, thirty-one days time, um, it could be another absolute drubbing um, for Team USA. And you mentioned the course as well, how they're going to set it up with with heavy rough and and so you know very close to the fairways. That's just US Open style, you know, PGA yeah. Championship style. Um, and JT didn't play well in either of those. So could that be a you know could that be a, a, a Food for thought? We, we don't know. We'll see. But like I say, if he comes up with two or three points and Team USA win for the first time, it's an absolutely amazing decision by Zach Johnson. And no one will ever be saying, oh, why didn't Bryson go? Why didn't Cam Young go? Because they'll all be like, yeah, good pick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just before we come on, just before we come on to the um, maybe players that shouldn't have, uh, that, 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 may, that maybe should have been chosen. Um, we'll discuss a few more of the um, the lads that did get on the team. So you've got, I mean, in my opinion, there's no point in talking about Jordan Spieth because I imagine Zach Johnson would have seen that as another automatic pick. Like, yeah, there's exactly. no way he wasn't going to be chosen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Jordan Spieth was always going to be chosen. In my eyes, Brooks Kepka was always going to be chosen. You know, yeah. he only just missed out on an automatic spot, um, but coming tied second at the Masters, obviously winning his fifth major title at the PGA, and for what it's worth, winning the Live Golf event in Orlando the week before that, uh, the week before the Masters, I believe. Yeah. Um, or shortly before the Masters, anyway. Um, and we and we, this this year, although he's lost a bit of form since winning the PGA at Oak Hill, um, we have seen what a, a injury-free um, Brooks can can be like well we've been reminded of that because obviously yeah. an injury free Brooks was a four time major champion an injury ridden Brooks was a miserable a miserable um, golfer who couldn't find any form was having surgery after surgery um, was putting his hand through car windows at the Masters so I led to believe um, but now he's back on the American team um, his third consecutive appearance or fourth third maybe fourth fourth I think um, and. I'd be fairly concerned as a European fan because I think he's a he's a brilliant addition 
well, not addition, but he's, he's, he's he feels like an addition because at one point it was considered that he wasn't going to be on the team, wasn't it? Because of his yeah, move to the yeah. golf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, you mentioned that, like, obviously, so he, he only just finished outside the top six. Yeah. And that was only because of, I think it was Xander Chauvelet's performance at the BMW Championship. I think he needed a top eight or top nine to, to overhaul Brooks. Just put that into context of how many events that Xander Chauvelet will have played in to get points on the US list. Now think about how many points, uh, how many events, sorry, that Brooks Kepka would have played in to get mm. points. It's an incredible achievement for Brooks to even have been in that conversation for a top six spot. You know, and most of it will True. have come from the PGA win and the runner-up finish at the Masters. Um, but incredible, and yeah, I mean, you, we all know what Brooks can do. Um, he's shown it as well. Of course, don't forget he he spent time in Europe before he moved to the PGA Tour. You know, when he was turned just um, turned professional, he spent plenty of time on the European Challenge Tour and then the European Tour. Now, of course, DP World Tour. Um, so he knows, you know, continental Europe. Um, he played in Paris. Um, and it's you just can't argue that having a five-time major champion is not a good addition to the team. Um, exactly. Simple as that, really. Yeah, no, you, you alluded to what Brooks um, or how Brooks has qualified. It's been he's only played so all the four majors, um, and that would and, and that would virtually be um, all the ranking opportunities that he had to earn points. Whereas, obviously, like you say, someone, someone like Xander Schauffele has played in twenty-two PGA Tour events alone. Um, and so, obviously, had maximum opportunities to make the team. Um, Brooks kept his Ryder Cup record is all right. It's six, six, five, and one, I believe. Um, and I alluded to in my analysis piece. I alluded to who he'll be who he'll be paired with. In 2016, he won a few points with Brandt Sedica, um, but obviously, he's not he's not on the side. Um, Tony Finau before Daniel Berger. They are players that are not on the team that were last year. He's been paired with Dustin Johnson before. He's not on the team. He was good. He was quite good with Daniel Berger last year. I think he earned two points with him in in various formats. I can't remember whether it was four balls or four balls. But and he's also been paired with Jordan Spieth before with mixed results. So it'll be interesting to see what Zach Johnson does with Brooks in terms of what pairing he'll give him. Um, perhaps, I mean, it's difficult to say because we don't know the stats models that they use. But it could be maybe Colin Morikawa because Colin Morikawa paired with Dustin Johnson last year. Um. So maybe Brooks is a similar profile to Dustin, major champion, um, quite a formidable player, um, yeah. very yeah. laser-eyed, very focused. Maybe the calming sort of light-hearted presence of Morikawa might might work well with Brooks. You just don't know with the pairings, do you? But that is a dynamic I thought I considered to be quite interesting with Brooks Kepka's inclusion. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. And of course, you've got to think as well of the the rookies that are already that were already in the team, a la Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon, Max Homer. Where are they going to fit in? Obviously, we know Max is good friends with, you know, JT, Ricky, Spieth, and so on. So we can't see that being a problem. But you know, where does someone like Brian Harmon fit into this? Maybe him and Brooks could become a sort of not the outsiders partnership, if that makes sense. But you know. Um, because obviously the talk was going to be that if Brooks and Bryson both were selected, that would be your automatic, you know, send the two mm. lift golfers out, done. Um, but yeah, I think whoever Brooks partners with, and you mentioned Colin Maracara, of course, his record at Whistling Straits was almost impeccable. Um, as a rookie, 3.5 points from his four matches, didn't lose. Um, so yeah, I think that could be uh, that could definitely be a partnership that, that works well uh, for, for Team USA the, uh, this month in Rome. Um and another maybe surprise selection in Zach Johnson's picks was Sam Burns, um, because I think 
to me, well, in my opinion, other than, other than Justin Thomas, of course, there was Spieth, Morikawa, Brooks and Fowler were always making it, in my opinion, which to me left out left two places. And arguably it only left one place if you took what Fred Couples said a few weeks ago by um, by Gospel, because he said Cameron Young was virtually going to be on the team mm-hmm. who isn't on the team, which I can't imagine Cameron Young's very happy about. Um, considering yeah. one of the vice captains virtually confirmed his place on the team. But anyway, Sam Burns made it, who beat Cameron Young in the final the WGC match play in March, which in hindsight appears quite a seminal moment in the season in, of both players. Because, you know, if Cam Young had won the final against Sam Burns that week in Texas, who knows? I, I suppose Cam Young would have been chosen. But we've got Sam Burns now who... Is clearly a bit of a match play specialist in that regard. He he didn't have a very good President's Cup. I think he only earned a point via earning two halves. And he's his good friend Scotty Scheffler paired up with him in the in the pairs format. Um, but they didn't earn a point between them in that regard. So I think Sam Burns, although he's got he's um won the WGC match play, I think he's got a lot to prove as as a rookie this year. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I, you know, I was looking back through his stats for this season, and it was that win at the match play which you know stood out. And um, obviously, he was part of the team that won the Presidents' Cup. But like you say, it wasn't at his best. Um, but I think also being good friends with Scotty Scheffler will have helped because we know Zach Johnson sat down with the six players who had qualified. Um, he even mentioned it. They they sat down at East Lake before the Tour Championship. Um, so obviously, they would have had a say, and you know. Johnson alluded to the fact that they didn't have the six picks. You know, it wasn't in stone. It wasn't set. So maybe that was um, a sort of a little nudge from the world number one. And obviously you listen to the world number one who's had, you know, the most incredible season on the PGA Tour, you know. So, but yeah, I think that match play win. And obviously he's been in good form recently. I think top 10 at the BMW, top 10 at the Tour Championship as well. So Sam Burns has come into form at exactly the right time. But it is that, I think, that win at the match play. Possibly, like you mentioned, over Camion being a seminal moment for, for both players um, because Burns has seemed to go from strength to strength since that, that win. And obviously ended the season in the top 10 at the uh, at East Lake in the in the season finale as well. Mm, if, we, I mean, if, we, if we refer to Cameron Young now, I mean, how he hasn't won on the PJ Tour is quite incredible. He's finished runner-up six times, I think. Um, the standout one being, I suppose, the Open last year, where he finished seconds and really pushed Cameron Smith all the way. Um, it was sort of seen as Cameron Smith against uh, Roy McIlroy, wasn't it? But Cameron Young was the unsung hero of that championship. Um, and he came second to Sam Burns, as we just said, at the match play. And he will be thinking what he has to do to sort of be recognised um, in on, on on the Ryder Cup team. I mean, obviously, the 2021 Ryder Cup would have come too soon. But it's now going to be it's now going to be twenty twenty five when he can make his soonest his soonest um, appearance, which is even more scary from an American front because you've still got the Will Zalatoris, who's still not even played on the US Ride Cup team. So yeah, yeah, and you've got Daniel. Don't forget Daniel Berg has been injured as well. He's starting his comeback, yeah. you know, soon. You've got Tony Finau, who's you know not not in there this year. You've got like you mentioned Cameron Young, and then of course if you know. If the merger happens, you've then got possibly the return of DJ Patrick Reed, Bryson DeChambeau, and so on. So it's just 
imagine having that plethora of talent to choose from for um, for Zach Johnson. I mean, it it must have been you know a difficult choice, but a good difficult choice, if that makes sense. You know, he's yeah. got all the talent in the world to choose from, pretty much, um, and he's just handpicked his sixth. Um, and you know, it it's such a strong team, such a strong team when you look at the twelve on paper compared to what could be the 12 Europeans, at least. It's a lot of strength in depth, isn't there? He was ranked below Cameron Young, Keegan Bradley in the US Ryder Cup standings, but he, he could now reignite, he could now really get going with Scotty Scheffler. Maybe that's a partnership that Zach Johnson's looking ahead to. You know, maybe he thinks, well, Sam Burns might kick on again and qualify for the 2025 Ryder Cup. Obviously, Scheffler will be at the 2025 Ryder Cup unless he's injured or as a dramatic fall from grace. But I think maybe Zach Johnson is looking ahead in that in, in that pick because Burns and Scheffler could finally kick off a Ryder Cup partnership. So maybe that is what Zach Johnson is thinking of as well. Um, and then we've got Ricky Fowler, who we haven't discussed yet. I mean, it's good to see Ricky back in the, um, back in the Ryder Cup fray, isn't it? Oh, without doubt, yeah. I mean, he missed whistling straights, obviously, you know, he alluded to it himself in in the conference that you know, and we all know that the struggles he's had over the last you know five years, let's call it. Played in twenty eighteen in Paris, and then it all just seemed to. Well, I mean, I think fall off a cliff might be a touch harsh, but it's somewhere near near that. Mm. Um, of course, he came back Rocket Mortgage Classic win earlier this year, beating Colin Marcar and Adam Hadwin, I think it was in the playoff, um, and then you know. Was it sixty-two in at LACC? Mm-hmm. You know, low round of a major. Um, it's been a model of consistency for for Ricky this this year. Not quite to the level of Scotty Scheffler, but no one has been quite to the level of no. Scotty Scheffler in twenty twenty-three. Um, but yeah, Fowler, as you mentioned, as you as you mentioned, you know, those four were kind of always going to be selected. Yeah, in in Spieth, Morikawa, Fowler, and so on. So yeah. It's just it's good to see Ricky back, and we we've been saying that a lot this year already on this podcast. That mm-hmm. it's good to see Ricky Fowler back. Maybe slightly less good from a European fan standpoint, um, but Ricky, I think, is loved around the world. So to see him back in the Ryder Cup, performing on the biggest stage, um, there'll be fans cheering for him in Rome, no doubt. Yeah, well, you say that it's his fifth start. It'll be his fifth start, and in four starts previously, his his record is three, seven, and five. Which is is you know pretty poor to be fair, um, but he brings up he brings a lot of experience into dressing into the dressing room. He'll be part of that dynamic, sort of dynamic that Ryan French alludes to. But he will be part of a, dy- a healthy dynamic with Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth and Max Homer and Colin Morikawa. They that collective is very much, I think, what. Um, Zach Johnson's looking to, and to be fair, you you, you couldn't have left out Ricky Fowler no matter what. Um, no, to be fair, not. this year, could you? No, definitely not. Um, I mean, yeah, the win at the Rocket Mortgage basically, you know, almost assured him of a place in this team. Um, and then obviously what he did at LACC in the in you know in the uh, PGA Championship, US Open, US Open. What's that? LACC it was the US Open. Yeah, US it? Open, yeah, 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 US yeah. Open, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oak Hill was the PGA. <laughs> Sorry, I had a complete mind blank for a brief moment there. Um, yeah, but obviously what he did there, um, and he's just been, you know, consistent, consistent, consistent. Made it to the Tour Championship. Um, 
he was always going to be in that team, as you mentioned. It was just, as we've said already, it was those last two spots as to who was going to get, get picked. And I thought it was going to be JT hmm. and Bryson if he was if we were going to go down that route. Obviously, we've gone for Sam Burns instead. Um, but as you mentioned, with the Scotty Scheffler effect, that is probably why. Um, but I think Bryson will be a bit murked that he's not in this team after... Well, I mean, he went 61-58, for God's sake, at the Greenbrier. Yeah. I mean, come on now. If that's not a man in form, I don't know what is. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, in terms of if we switch the conversation onto Bryson now, um, it would appear that Zach Johnson never, ever even considered him as a pick for the US team, did it? Did it? Um, he said yeah, he sort of looked down towards 23-22 in the standings of, of the US Ryder Cups. US Ryder Cup standings, um, and I don't know. I think realistically, I know when, when you make Ryder Cup predictions, we make you, you can either make a prediction of what of what you who you actually think will be there, or who you actually think deserves to be there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a difference between trying to think what Zach Johnson's going to do and what you'd do, isn't it? So yeah. you 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 chosen Bryson, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, I'd have chosen both. Um, Sam Burns never even crossed my mind, actually, when I did mm. my picks. I said, to be fair, I said JT all along. Anyone who even wants to argue that can, I think, go back over the last four or five weeks of podcast to say that I've been saying that JT will be there um, purely for that partnership with Jordan Spieth. Um, I don't think he deserves to be there on form. I think there's a lot of better players at the moment. But because of that partnership and because of what he brings to the team room, that's why he's going, and of course, you've got to also think about that from if you are Zach Johnson, which is what he's done. But I would have said Bryson's form, uh, you know, I think a couple of top tens majors this year, obviously won at the Greenbrier, an incredible style. Um, I just thought he pretty much had that next spot nailed down. Um, but yeah, obviously, that Zach Johnson alluded to the fact that he probably didn't even make contact with him, um, which was a surprise to me considering how good he's been. And obviously, like I think I mentioned before, the fear that Bryson could strike into the Europeans. Um, I think we all remember that one particular drive he hit at Whistling Straits where yep. I think it was about 420-yard drive and he had 200 yards less to the green than the rest of his playing partners because he just completely missed out most of the course. Mm. Um, things like that are what Bryson... A rallying prior, isn't he? A bit of a fan pie piper as well. Exactly, yeah. Um, a bit in, it's sort of in the way of you know Patrick Reed as Captain America was, you know when he played Rory in 2016, I think it was at Hazeltine, um, that epic match between the two of them. Um, yeah, Bryson for me should be there, but you know we, obviously we don't know the conversations that Zach Johnson's had, yeah. but Sam, Sam Burns definitely needs to show up. That's for sure. Yeah, well, I think to be fair, I think that's likely. Um, he's a sort of energetic rookie, one of the most impressive, improved players on the PGA Tour in recent years. If we keep the Bryson subject going, so at the majors this year, he missed the cut of the Masters. That's just not his course, is it, Augusta? He came tied he fourth at the PGA, <laughs> came tied twentieth at the US Open, which I was quite surprised at because I feel like he played better golf than that that week. Um, yeah, and then tied sixtieth at the Open. And then if you're to look at his form on the Live Golf Tour this season, so he won that event at the Greenbrier, and then he came 18th at Bedminster after that. He came second at Andalusia at Valderrama, 13th at the Centurion, 10th in DC, 7th in Tulsa, 
16th in Orlando and the rest of them were outside the top 20. So I don't think um, the Bryson call is as outlandish as some would say. I understand the thing of he was part of the original lawsuit that that was filed against the PGA Tour. I think there'll be a lot of love lost and a lot of trust lost between players um, if Bryson was there. I think he would be a bit of a polarising figure in that in that team room. However, at Live Golf London, in a session with Taylor Gooch, he told me and some other reporters that he and Max Homer used to offer us this year have often spoken about how they'd want to be a Ryder Cup pair um, one day. And Taylor Gooch was also part of that litigation group that filed, that was filed against the, the PGA Tour. So the litigation thing might not, not might not go as far as some might think. However, I do think Bryson is a polarising figure. Yeah, um, that's that, that's just my opinion, and I do think that he would be, maybe cut a bit of a lone figure in that just dressing room going through the last few years with Liv as well. That that, that would just be my opinion of it. No, yeah, I see where you're coming from. Um, but at the same time, for instance, let's flip this round, right? And let's say he's on the outskirts of the European team selection, mm. right? And it's the same same list of players, you know, same, same level of blah, blah, blah. If you're a European fan, right, you want Bryson in that team because of what he can do. And I think, I think the majority of Americans will be disappointed that Bryson is not in that team because we've seen what he can do. We saw what he could do at Whistling Straits. He drove the first green, I think, in the singles. You know, that 420-yard drive down the par five when he was playing, I think, alongside Scotty Scheffler. Um, we've seen what he can do on the Live Golf Tour this year. Um, you know, it's just... If you've got someone like that, yes, he might only turn up for one day. But that one day could completely galvanise the crowd, mm. get the crowd and the momentum back on your side. If, say, Team Europe have a good session or a good start to the weekend, it's a good point. That it's a very good point. That if Bryson was Brian DeChambeau from UK, from the UK, it's a good question. That I think he would definitely be. I think he would definitely be chosen. He's showing. I think he's showing enough form to well. To at least be considered, because I don't think Zach Johnson ever considered him. Yeah, but he would have to be under severe, serious consideration if he was a European. I think that's a good point you make. Mm. I think, and, and I'm just, I'm not just saying that as well because obviously, if you, if we're being totally honest, and you look at the likes of the possible European picks, a la who, who, I mean, who's in that area? Fitzpatrick, obviously, Fitzpatrick made champion, but then you look at Moronk, Yannick Paul, Sepp Stracker either of the Hoy guards, if you put that one-on-one against Morikawa, Spieth, Thomas, you know, it is weaker. We know that for sure. Um, so obviously, I think Bryson would definitely get into the European team now. But I think, for me, as an American, if you've got someone like Bryson DeChambeau, who can be arguably a cult figure for Team USA, he can take on that sort of, maybe not so much a Captain America role, but he could take on that sort of head role, that mm. sort of leadership role as as the sort of different person he is, 
you know, he's a bit out there. He's a mm. bit different to the to the norm with his, you know, with his arm lock swing and the different clubs and his bulking up process, which of course he, he's sort of retracted a little bit now. Why would you not want him on that team? Just for what you know he can bring. Yeah, you make a compelling argument. Um, and someone else who can feel aggrieved is Keegan Bradley. Um, Todd Lewis of Golf Channel tweeted earlier to say he, that he'd spoken with Keegan Bradley since not being given a pick. And Keegan Bradley told Todd Lewis, I could tell by the response from Zach when I answered the phone that I wasn't on the team. I'm super bummed out. I thought I put together a really good year with two wins. I am putting for the US team. And I think I think that's true, to be fair. It even, you know... Justin Thomas has admitted that he was a very, very fortunate. He's very, very fortunate to get a wild card, um, and I, th- I, I do think that Keegan Bradley can feel hard done by. He won the Zozo Championship. He won the Travelers Championship, one of the elevated events that all the big players were supposedly meant to be playing in um, at TPC River Highlands. I think they hold that. At. Um, he could definitely feel aggrieved. He came second at the Farmers Insurance Open. Um, and then a top 10 at the Tour Championship. You know, God, what season that is for Keegan Bradley, a man with Ryder Cup experience, albeit quite a long time ago now, um, but as a previous cheerleader for the US team as well. Um, so of all, of all of them, compared to DeChambeau, Cameron Young, Lucas Glover, um, I think Keegan Bradley can definitely still hold his head up high for his season, but be massively disappointed that he's not on the US Ryder Cup team. Yeah, it all went downhill when Rory beat him after turning up 13 minutes before his tea time, though, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I joke. I mean, I was just looking at his record. Four points from seven matches. Um, he played in 2012 and 2014 um, at Medina and then Glen Eagles. Four points from seven matches. I mean, that's a solid record. That's better than some of the records on that American team. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, completely different teams back then to, you know, playing in Medina and Glen Eagles to who'd be playing now. You know, you'll have had G Mac and Westwood, Garcia, Stenson, you know, Molinari, all those playing mm-hmm. back then and, you know, it'll be a completely different team this year. But Keegan Bradley, I think, can definitely feel aggrieved at not being in. But again, he was one of those that was probably battling for those last two places or last place if we because we can kind of say JT was always going to get in after what yeah. he said, because it feels like Zach Johnson sort of feels like a proud father. Yeah, um, certainly. So if you think there's that one spot going, you've got Bryson, great form. Keegan Bradley, great form. Lucas Glover, great form. Cameron Young, great form. <laughs> and then and then Sam Burns, who actually got it, probably because he won the match play. Yeah, and, and, and Lucas Scottie Scheffler, I think. And because his best mates with the world number one, it's probably just tipped him over the edge. But like I say, there's any number of players that could have, and we, obviously, we, you know, without mentioning, Will Zalatoris, who's been injured, Daniel Berger, who's been injured, Tony Fina, who hasn't been at his best this year, if we're being totally honest. Mm. There's three more. So there's 19 players, you know, that are in the reckoning. And then obviously, if you think what DJ could have done if he'd have had, you know, the opportunity to score points for the US team, same with Patrick Reed. You're looking at, you are arguably looking at the fact that Zach Johnson could put out two teams and still give Europe a good run for their money. Yeah, like that's how strong yeah. American golf is right now. Yeah, you got people like Tony Finau that haven't got in Glover, Denny McCarthy, Cameron Young. 
Um, Danny McCarthy's one that didn't get in as well. Um, but if we're being honest, he was never going to be chosen, was he? Um, no. Seven top, despite seven top tens, he lost in a playoff to Victor Hovland at the Memorial. But he didn't. Really he needed to win that. Yeah, he, he needed he to win the Memorial win that, yeah. and probably win another one because if you look at Keegan Bradley as well, he won he twice. Two and wins. Didn't get a pick. Yeah. Um, I think um, the, Denny McCarthy probably would have maybe had more of a shot if he had a couple of wins just because of how good he is. He is lethal on the greens. Absolutely lethal on the greens. Um, and, you know, we, we mentioned, we talk quite a lot about how much the Ryder Cup is won and lost on the greens. You know, a put here or there yeah. can really turn a match around. And that would have, you know, possibly given Denny McCarthy a shot, but he really did need to win that memorial Um Tournament. And obviously, thankfully for us Europeans, that was the start of Victor Hovland's incredible run. And of yeah. course, now we're, we're bound to win the Ryder Cup, of course. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's going to be it's going to be a good Ryder Cup. I think whoever the European selections are, it's going to be on paper a weaker side. We know that. But if that top three for Europe, Rory, Ram, Hovland, you know, can get off to a good start on Friday morning in their respective, you know, pairings, whoever they're going to play with, Europe could definitely give the Americans a run for their money this, uh, next month. Well, yeah, as we keep saying each week, a lot of dynamics, different dy- the dynamics have been thrown into the team with Brian Harmon, Wyndham Clark, and arguably Brooks Kepka. Three three people at the start of the year you probably, you probably wouldn't have put in the team um, have now made the team. Um, but having seen those picks... Yeah, so my in my confidence levels with Europe now are quite high. I think I think it's a fifty fifty match, in my opinion. Um, you're shaking your head. You don't agree with me. I I just I just feel <laughs> that the strength in depth is too strong um, mm. in terms of the Americans. Um, it's as I, as I alluded to earlier, and this is no, you know. And nothing against Sepp Stracker, um, even Shane Lowry at the moment with the form he's been in. Adrian Moronk, Rasmus Hoygaard, Nicholas Hoy- Nikolai Hoygaard, sorry. You know, you look at that list of players and then you put them up against Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, you know, Sam Burns, They're Colin Morgan. It's just, it's a different level. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think we could be looking at a, for me, it's eighty twenty still Team USA. It really is. Um, and note how I say that with a very melancholy yeah, voice. Yeah, they've away soil since nineteen ninety three. Yes, but that team is just too strong. I mean, you know, you can say it in football it's one ninety minute match, but over the course of a weekend, over twenty eight, you know, individual contests. Individual being the wrong word there because most of them are pairings. Um, <laughs> But yeah, 28 different matches. It's just how the Americans don't at least get to 14. It, it just, I can't see Good it not point. happening. I know. I can't see it not happening. I know. I do. F- Although I say I know, and I was nodding with an agreement there, I still think it's 50 50. Um, I just think these, I just think, I don't think Justin Thomas should have been chosen. I'm still going to, I'm still going to wheel that out. Um, I think Keegan Bradley maybe should have been chosen. Um, and perhaps there's a few more variables and unknown, uh, unexpected names that have made the team that maybe Zach Johnson and Team America weren't expecting um, at the start of the year, which would suggest that maybe 
they have got the same dynamics that they were going to expect in the team room. Um, you know, maybe Cameron Young was going to make it. Um, this thinking about it this time last year, Tony Finau. You know, they wanted that rhythm. I think in that team, and always, obviously, there was always going to be these different variables and different players dropping in, dropping out. But I don't think it's as cut and dry as people think it is. Um, especially as they haven't won on the way of soul since 1993, in which time, you know, America would have been favourites loads of times in that time. And Europe topple them. I think Europe are going to have a lot of players with a good experience and good form on the course. Um, so, yeah, I imagine Zach Johnson's quite relieved, though, that it's all done. Oh, without doubt, considering all the talk for the last God knows how long has been... Will yeah. Zach Johnson choose Justin Thomas? Will Zach Johnson choose this man? Will Zach Johnson choose this man? Um, and now it all comes down to, will Luke Donald choose this man? Will yeah. Luke Donald choose this man? Um, so, of course, we've got one more week, haven't we, before the cut-off. Um, obviously, Tyrrell Hatton now in to join. So there's four mm-hmm. Europeans in. Um, Eight to go. Yeah, two more will be set after the Omega European Masters. The gorgeous Kransas yeah, in in Switzerland. Um, arguably, I would say, just as a side note, the most picturesque golf course on any tour that you see on TV. It must be in the top two at least. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. You look yeah. with the Alps behind it, but that's a different. That's one for another day. We can yeah. talk about that on Monday. I'll talk about that on Monday when, once once it's over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've got so you've got the four in. You're going to expect. Whether they qualify or not, you're going to expect Fitzpatrick, Fleetwood, McIntyre, Lowry, probably is your big names to make eight. And then it's Stracker, Moronk. Rose. You said Rose. Rose. Oh, I didn't mention Justin. Yeah, Rose and Hoygaard, I think, mm. would probably be. I think it depends. Well, Nicola. Either of, well, it could be either, couldn't it? I think. Yeah. I think it's, do you pick one, or do you pick both? Yeah, I mean, you could pick both and just throw them out. Mm. You know, throw them out as, as a pairing, and just. But is it risky to throw them out as a pair? You know, as a partnership. There's much to um, do. There's not much to think about for Luke Donald. He's making his choices on September the fourth, which is on Monday. So yeah. once this week's done, um, on Monday we'll know the full twenty-four players to play at the yeah. Ryder Cup. Um, yeah, so that's that's the six picks that Zach Johnson has um, chosen. We've talked them to death, and we'll be back on Monday to talk about us. Well, another emergency podcast, probably. Yeah, and obviously, we'll I'll make sure I get in the fact that Transosier is the most attractive golf course <laughs> in, in the world. Obviously, yeah. get that back in there again. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Obviously, we'll know the two final players who who make it in off the world points list and the and the European points list one from each for team Europe um and then yeah six picks as as sort of with the Americans we can't we probably know where a few of them are going mm. to lie it just depends on that last two or three i think we we're both in agreement that it will be sort of rose lowry yeah. stracker will be in and then it's down to moronk the hoy guards yannick paul victor perez yeah. So sort of any two, yeah. any two from those really, I think. I mean, depend depends who wins this week in Switzerland. If someone mm. like a Matt Wallace wins, obviously finished runner up last week. Um, if he wins Torbjorn Olsson, we know he's got a good Ryder Cup pedigree. Battered Jordan Spieth um, on single Sunday in Paris. You know, if one of those was to win, 
just a last minute sort of hold on Luke you know here's my name in the hat so um, yeah so yeah um, yeah, it's going to be interesting and obviously Mm. we'll we'll reconvene on Monday once we uh, know the full list Mm, I wonder how much he's already thought about it anyway how how set he is on his decisions anyway Um, but we'll I'm sure we'll um, find out um, on Monday and be back to to discuss it again Um, Mm. I just want to say that the Slam podcast is obviously in association with with Callaway, um, who are obviously having a fantastic season, winner after winner, um, trophy after trophy. So we'll look forward to what is left of DP World Tour and PJ Tour season. And yeah, thanks very much, mate. I'll see you next week. Yeah, same time next week. Uh, yeah. More picks to more picks to talk about. Bring it on.